You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you will. The interview subject that I've got coming up for you is Kurt Winstein. Of course, he's the man in Crowbar, Down, Kingdom of Sorrow. No doubt there's a few other things there, but the reason for the chat today is to talk up his first solo album. It's called Dream in Motion, and it was released... This year, that being 2020, in January, so it is out there if you want to get into it. Really enjoyed this conversation with Kirk, so here he is. Kirk, it's Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going, mate? Oh, doing good. Thank you, man. How's the, uh, how's the calls been going? Have you taken a few before me from the Australian indie journo types? No, what was that? Have you oh, taken... You... Uh, uh, You're right. Good enough. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Have, have you been on the phone a little bit talking to us indie journo journalism types from Australia? Yes, I have. And to be completely honest, I got an email this morning, and you know, confirm to you know reconfirmed everything was fine. And I, hmm. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> and like ten minutes out from coming to the studio, um, I literally was like, "Oh <laughs> man, I got a I got a call coming in." You know, ten minutes. So uh, as soon as I pulled up to the studio, the phone rang. So that's no problem. I'm just relaxing in, in the studio. It's not, I have one more after you, and then I get to bang out some noise on the uh, the old guitar. So I'm all good. Cool, mate. Look, I hope you don't. Uh, I hope I'm not prying here by asking if your father's okay, because I'm, I'm, I know John quite well, and he mentioned that uh, there were some complications with your dad the last time we had some calls going scheduled. So hopefully your dad's yeah, all right. Yeah. No, he's fine. Thank you for thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. He's uh he's a tough old cat, seventy nine, almost you know getting nice. closing in on eighty years old. But he had uh, <laughs> he had like flu fluid around his heart, and uh, right, yeah. you know once once they drained the fluid, he made a you know he made a really good good comeback. But it looked you know it didn't look good there. And uh, Charles, uh, you know that that set up all the interviews. I said, dude, I said my dad's in the hospital, like mm. you know pretty. I mean he was in critical care unit. I'm like. You know, uh, we're gonna have to reschedule. Uh, you know, I, I love I love doing interviews. I love promoting stuff, but uh, old pops comes first. You know, hundred sure. percent. Family is always first, brother. Yeah. I completely. Understand. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a law. I mean, has he had an has he had an influence over you becoming a musician? Was he one of the compelling events that that caused you to look at the guitar and the bass and and everything else? Um, uh, my, my father, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Was he an influence, so to speak? Yeah, no. Yeah, and in, he never played an instrument. My mother played piano as a hobby. My dad never played an instrument, but he's a huge music fan. I, I was actually born in, he was in the U.S. Air Force. I was born in England in 1965, yeah, okay. which at the time was kind of around the time of the whole Beatles and Stones and the Kinks and the Who and everybody, uh, mm. you know, coming out. So he was always a big a big Stones fan, mainly. Uh, shows, but uh, 
And up until he got, you know, older and, 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 and you know, and, and a bit ill, um, he's always been a, a big influence. But, yeah, I mean, like, my mother playing the piano and my dad listening to rock and roll around the house and, you know, whenever we were riding in the car together. And he was like the, you know, real clean-cut, straight-type type of father. Like to have some drinks, but nothing else, you know, nothing too crazy. Sure. But um, he was always... He was always, uh, you know, he was, he was always like, I'm like, oh, I love this song, Dad. Can I turn it up? He's like, yeah, son. You know, so I crank it up. So it's definitely an influence to have a house of, of people that, that love music. Some people don't don't really like music, which, you know, hey, I mean, that's, that's so that's, true. That's on them. But it is. I mean, some people could care less, really. That sounds like my parents, to be honest with you. They couldn't give a shit. I mean, they were interested in the academic pursuit of it, so I had to learn clarinet as a kid, and I had to sing in descant choirs and all this sort of stuff. But that's boring. I'd, this was about the time, 1992, when I was discovering bands like uh, Deicide and the like. So you can imagine where my head's right, right. Like, you know, I mean, the big yeah, I mean, of... from clarinet to Deicide, quite a bit of a <laughs> stretch. You know, but I, I remember I used to get in, in uh, you know, where, where I'm from. If you were like into heavy metal, you were called a Westie or a Bogan. I don't know whether you've heard those those two sayings before but in australia it tends to be what no but yeah it was what metal people were labeled back then and i went to a boarding school you see so i couldn't exactly look like a metalhead but uh but it was it was interesting mate yeah it's someone like yourself who came it went came from an, an environment where that was fostered music was fostered and the love of it even your father going to gigs with you to a family like mine where i don't even think they could they, they know they could name a heavy metal band a single one to be honest with you but, right, right. But it's it's <laughs> like if you got it in you, you've got it in you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but in your yeah, case, it's it's true. You know, you. I mean, in fact, <clears throat> excuse me. My um, my first um, first real band that gig, you know, cover songs and did originals and all that. We actually rehearsed in, in our garage. I mean, my dad helped us. We hmm. we soundproofed the garage, and uh, you know that that's where we rehearsed. So uh, you know, he, he was a big supporter. Helped help me. You know, buy buy gear when I was young. Of course, I had to pay back everything, but it was cool enough to do that. So, you know, my mom as well. You know, so it, it was always it, it was always a musical house. I mean, my sister never played. She she messed around piano a bit. My younger sister, but um, <clears throat> she was still. I'd be in my room and he'd, I'd have vinyl on. You know, with Kiss or whatever the heck it might be, and she'd be listening to Olivia Newton John or some, <laughs> you know, Santa Do or whatever yeah. it was that she was into, but. Still, it was music, music all the time, you know. Look, I've played physical. I'm a, I'm a covers music. I'm playing covers bands, and I've played "Let's Get Physical" by Olivia Newton John, and it gets the floor going. You know, I mean, I, I just love playing. Oh yeah, but it does. Time. Yeah, great song, man. Yeah, uh, it's uh, not for everybody. It is. I mean, I love, I love all that stuff. Yeah, I love, look, I love disco. Being a bass player, I love disco, funk, uh, but I love heavy metal too. I love hard rock. I love punk rock too. And I can reconcile them both. A lot of people can't understand that, but I mean, it's from a musician's perspective, I love disco because of the wonderful bass work of guys like Bernard Edwards in Chic and the like. You know, I can just listen to that. Oh guy yeah, all. Yeah, it's, it's- Oh, yeah, totally, man. You know, he's the man. But, um, yeah, I, I think it sounds like you've got a very broad palette of uh, a musical background, courtesy of, you, you know, the introduction of music with your father and then that fostering that environment by being able to go to gigs. And then, of course, mate, you've had this... I mean, you had a truly outstanding career. Um, you know, you, I, the way I perceive things is that you've done things your own way and you're a member of a cohort of musicians such as Phil Anselmo. And I just caught up with the great Pepper Keenan two weeks ago it was so lovely bloke and um yeah yeah he's awesome awesome that whole band is just just lovely you know and uh so sorry to hear about reed as well but uh all right yeah man, that's terrible yeah yeah but uh but mate you're all 
very important musicians whose work, I believe, will become even more reviewed and more influential than it is now through the decades coming. But this, this new solo album of yours, I'm really enjoying it, I've got to say. I love it when a musician steps out a bit and is just themselves. I love the way you've really dialled it back with Dream in Motion too. Um, I tend to listen to it when I'm going to sleep. That please take that as a compliment. <laughs> I just like the way. No, I do. Believe me, I know. I know what you mean. It's one. Of, it, it's got that just kind of like uh, I don't know, you know, mesmerizing kind of vibe or something totally. to it. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, I, I appreciate it, and I take it all, all of that as compliments. So, so there are some outstanding guitar riffs on there. And you've given them room to breathe. I think that's the real secret to, to the success of the album and, of course, the bass work. And I believe you've played bass on the album as well. The bass work is outstanding yep. as well, by the way. Thank, thank you, man. So did, did it turn out how you hoped? With them? Did the album turn out how you hoped? Was it one of these albums where... You had um, a... Yeah, I would say it turned out different, but actually better than I, than I thought from the initial thing. I was like, this will be cool, you know, but I was a little worried about what the crowbar fans and down fans and all might think about it but um mm. you know the, the final product when i gave it a listen i was like whoa you know i said i'm, I'm really this is really strong you know I'm really digging this um <clears throat> you know and uh so really you know it, it turned out i mean it was a, a true blessing and you know really really uh turned out even better than, than i ever thought it would um it was a just a something for me to do you know and it took mm. two years to complete it and then it just started as the vocals started coming and the mixes, you know, Dwayne started mixing it and I started hearing yeah. it. I was like, man, this is, this is going to be fucking killer. And really, the, the, you know, to be honest, uh, speaking of the bass, you know, bass work or whatever, that's really something I love playing bass. And, um, cool. uh, you know, I'm totally, I'm totally just play by ear. So I tend to just go for things and, uh, I played Dwayne's. I was like, man, if you find the hottest fucking notes, but they work, you know. So, uh, nice. you know, but I, I enjoy I enjoy doing doing the, you know doing the bass as well. So uh, it, the whole the whole project was, was was a lot of fun. It really was. So you mentioned Dwayne in there, and uh, that's one of the questions I'd like to ask you because it's, I think you've been working with him for some time now, and, and he's a great drummer too, by the way. So, what's is he? Oh, yeah. Is it? Does he look after a studio that you go to? What's the like? like how did you guys get into? Uh, how do you guys know each other effectively? And how did you form your working relationship? Um, actually, um, I'm in the studio that we record at um, <clears throat> right now, and Shane, our bass player, is here. <clears throat> We're about to set up some gear, and it's kind of like a, a like a little complex that you got the control room. You have one big recording room, a vocal booth you know, uh, a green room slash lobby. Then there's like a storage room, an isolation room. It, this is all connected by doors. Mm. And then you go into our storage room for crowbar and then you go into our rehearsal room. So it's all, it's all in one building. I mean, within 15, 20 seconds, you're from the control room. Well, maybe 30 seconds with my old ass, but, uh, you know, you get the idea from the control room, you're in our, our rehearsal room. So I'm actually on the couch, Chilling. I've got one more interview, and then you know we're gonna crank up some stuff and fool with some sounds next door. Um, you know, at the rehearsal room. Mm, yeah, sweet. Yeah. What about there's a cover on here, which is uh, a really good choice, by the way, Aqualung, and you do it justice. Of course, you do it justice. But did you consider covering anything else? Not really. That's Aqualung is something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. <clears throat> and um, you know, honestly, you know, I told Dwayne, I said, all right, let's just take this thing 
one fucking step at a time, one riff at a time. And really, when you break it down and pick it out, you know, like, you know, the the the, the root note guitars and then the harmonies and then the bass does a lot of odd notes and then harmonies along with the, with the other two, the, you know, guitar tracks. Hmm. Um, and then you got the middle section, which I threw in some of my own crowbars type of shit in that middle air, middle section. Uh, and then the guitar solo is, is just an iconic rock and roll guitar solo. You know, it's, it's a really long solo, yep. but uh, just really memorable to me, you know, as a kid, you know, even today. So I just took that one, one, one riff at a time. All right, let's get this. Cool. All right, yep. next riff. Boom, boom. And I, I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm telling Dwayne, I got to be getting close. He's like, you're not even halfway there. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's like, it's been like two hours, you know. But I tried to get it as note for note as I could, but put a little bit of my uh, my touch in it. But I was really pleased with the, with, you know, with the playing and then the tone on the solo really came out fantastic. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's fantastic. It is. And, uh, and the, uh, I reckon more people these days, now correct me if you think this is otherwise, but you've probably had more people know about you through the Jaster show than potentially through your music in the last sort of five years or so. I think Jamie finds a way to mention you just about every podcast episode, God bless him. Uh, so you guys have a really strong bond, I take it. So so what, what makes that relationship with Jamie work? Um, we just, you know, he was, he, I mean, honestly, he was when I met him as a kid. I mean, he's, uh, I think I'm 13 years older than him, hmm. I believe. So, you know, I could probably, you know, uh, by nature, uh, you know, be old enough to be his father. Um, but uh, it's kind of the other way around. He's really, uh, he, he co-manages Crowbar with his with his manager that does, he, you know, he read and, and all of Jamie's affairs. Yeah. Um, so he started out just as a big fan, and, you know, we met, and then, you know, we went on tour together. He took Crowbar as a, a support act over in the U.K. Yeah. and Ireland, and uh, we really hit it off. That was back in 2005, and we talked about doing a project together, and usually when you're with your friends talking about that stuff, guys from other bands, nothing ever happens. <laughs> well, like a month later, he called me up. He's, uh, I was pa- painting a room in my mother's house listen to music, you know, just on the, uh, you know, CD player or something. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, man, you know, so, you know, we chatted for a bit and he's like, are you, are you still up to do that project? I was like, fuck yeah. He goes, when can you, when can you come up? I said, whenever. Nice. And uh, yeah. actually that's Jostin right, right there. That's very ironic. That's him calling, but uh, I don't oh, think nice. we hit him back. But, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, um, you know, it, it ended up where we just hit it off as friends, and you know, that the rest is history. We, we've been, you know, really, really tight, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's he's done so much for the band. You know, I really, really appreciate all of it. Yeah, he's a real champion for for bands and, and musicians such as yourself. I think a lot of the people that tune into his podcast won't be familiar with a lot of the artists that he interviews or talks about, but he is a real gateway to to really genuinely great punk and heavy metal bands such as yourself. So I think he's doing a community service. And I've got to say, when I was working in a telecommunications company many years ago, I was doing a lot of flying with it. I listened to his show and Joe Rogan's show back-to-back constantly. And and it really inspired me to get my own podcast together. So he's had a... I don't think he realises how much of an impact that he's had on popular culture and indeed the heavy metal scene. Yeah, I mean, he really, really... He branches out and does so many things, you know, and really, you know, as far as him with Crowbar, he's really our, he's our, he's our street, street level guy, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's he's a great business guy, but he's also, 
he's really up on everything going on in the industry, all the bands, everything. So, um, it's really with, with Jamie, you know, he, 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 it's, he's great, man. He, he really, he, he does a great job helping us out, finding us the correct tours to go on, you know, mm. uh, you know, just, just helping us out with everything in general. Mm. Sweet. Look, we're, we're almost out of time. God, what a shame. I've got plenty more questions to ask, but I'll just ask this last one. The Australian shows last year, did they go well for you with Crowbar? What was that? You came to last. you came to Australia last year with Oh Crowbar. yeah 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 yeah. I mean, the only the only thing we had was we wish it would have would have been a lot more cities. It was only three, but yeah. it was kind of a that was our first time there with Crowbar, so it was kind of a let's let's test the waters. And really, the shows were great. The you know the the, uh, the shows were uh, you know very well attended. The merchandise sales were uh, you know through the roof. Um, the, the crowds loved it. You know, we, we met all of all the fans signed everything, you know, did like little meet and greet things and all of that. And it was great. I mean, I had been to Australia twice with down and once with King of Masaro. So that was my fourth time, but none of the other guys and or my wife had been. So, you know, we really enjoyed awesome. ourselves. And it was, and we, it was, we, other than the flight, you know, across yeah. the, the, the large, a large uh, pond, <laughs> uh, you know, other than that, it, 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 it's awesome. Awesome, mate. Well, look, it's been a pleasure to finally chat to you. I've got to say, I've admired your, your work for many years. I first got in a crowbar when Phil wore your T-shirt in the, was that I'm Broken or Five Minutes Alone video? Yeah. One of the two. I, I'm Broken. I'm Broken, and, and I was curious. I, I did. <laughs> yeah, I only know because uh, I sang I'm Broken at the Dime Bash in, in L.A. Uh, about a month ago. Um and I'm like, boy, I actually got the two songs confused for a minute too. So I put on the video, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's the one with the crowbars. And I got you back and forth. I'm like, okay. Of course, I knew the song. I'd heard it a million times, but it was a lot of fun doing it. You know. Yeah. No, oh, that's killer, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, mate, long may you continue to do what you do, and we certainly hope you to see you again down here rather soon. Looking forward to it. I appreciate it. No worries, brother. All right, all the best with everything, and thanks very much. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was the one and only Kurt Winstein from the outfits Crowbar, Down, and of course now he's a solo artist. Thanks for listening.